Ladies, we are so, so honored to have Mike Benson with us this morning. I have to tell you a funny story, though, because I literally accosted him in the parking lot. And I saw him walking, and it's like, I've always wanted to just talk to him, you know, real quick. Well, there he was in the parking lot, and I waited, sorry, but I kind of stalked him. And I saw him coming, and I just thought, Lord, I so want him to come and speak to our ladies, because I had been following him on Facebook. And he's in TJ Maxx or Nordstrom's, and people are getting saved and healed. And he's driving down a country road, and there's a man unloading something in his yard. And the Holy Spirit says, go pray for him. That man's in pain. And this man gets healed and gets saved. So, I mean, the testimonies were just stirring me up. And I said, I want what he has. And I think he's got a lot to share. And not even knowing this, um, he's fresh from Pakistan uh, that he went uh, to minister with Robbie Dawkins. So I think he's got a lot to tell us this morning. And we are open to the move of the Holy Spirit however he wants to move. So would you please welcome Mike Benson this morning. Thank you. Good morning, ladies. Um, Pastor Karen asked me before I came up here, am I nervous? And I said, no, not really. Because I love it when I get to gather in a room full of power. Because there's power in this room. You know, there's only two people in the scripture that's called a help meet. That's the Holy Ghost and the wife. You know? And sometimes I got to tell my wife she ain't the Holy Ghost. (laughs) She's not here right now, so I can say that. But this is going to get recorded, isn't it? I better, I better be careful. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm Mike Benson. I'm the on-board evangelist here at Resurrection Life. And I also have the honor and privilege of leading the Conquerors International Strength Team. We're, yeah, we're a group of athletes. We have every little boy and some girl's dream job. We get to break stuff for a living. And we don't get in trouble for it, but we use feats of strength to get people's attention so we can tell them about the real strength in life, and that's a relationship with the Father God through Jesus Christ. Uh, We've been traveling for the last 15 years, over 38 different countries, and and we've seen over 350,000 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. We call that a good start. And as Pastor Karen mentioned, uh, we just returned from Pakistan a few weeks ago, had a little bit of a break, and then we went to Three Rivers, did a four-day community outreach where we reached out to uh, 11 schools, had four night events, had 300 people uh, make decisions for Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm addicted to souls. That's basically, I must confess, uh, I'm an addict. I'm addicted to souls. So I'm going to share a few pictures with you guys from Pakistan. You can throw that one up there, Jordan. Um, here is one of our leadership conferences that we did. Um, and, you know, the women sit separate from the men. And uh, so the people are like, where's all the men? Oh, they're on the side, and the women are up front and center. And, so, and then uh, the next one. And uh, the Holy Spirit was, uh, you know, we call it presence evangelism on our team. Uh, the presence of God, more things can happen just being in his presence than anything by speaking or laying out of hands. And there was a ton of presence evangelism. Holy Spirit was breaking out. Uh, I mean, it was, it, I mean, we could literally like see waves. You know how in the summertime you see the heat coming off the pavement? We could literally see waves of the Holy Spirit moving across. It was powerful. And then this is uh, uh, us at, uh, this is Pastor Asher, our host, 
Uh, he's the head of um, Shine Star TV, which broadcasts nationwide in Pakistan, over 80 countries. And we had our events, we had an average viewership of 10 million people were watching all of our events um, on TV. And at this one, we had 50,000 people. Uh, there's a bunch of people giving their lives to Jesus. 40% Muslim, uh, hardliner Muslims. Jesus loves them too. Uh, and then we were in Lahore. Lahore, it's like going from the east side of the state to West Michigan. You know, the east side's a little bit more liberal, and West Michigan's very conservative. Well, Lahore, we were in Karachi. That would be like the east side. We went to Lahore, and it was uber conservative. And, you know, when, when, when we're anywhere, nobody is safe around us. Nobody. And I struck up a conversation with the waiter, and uh, he had a shoulder issue. Well, the Holy Spirit took care of that. And then they brought these guys up to us. Uh, we, I mean, the staff would just line up at our, at our breakfast table and say, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Yeah, we'll pray for you. Yeah. And this guy, he had no hearing, and his face was like, I mean, literally out to hear. And, uh, I, you know, I just said, all right, you know, Jesus, Jesus loves you so much. He's about to show how much he loves you, but he's going to heal you. And he's looking at me, and I just laid my hand on him. And I was like, am I feeling this? Wow. And it went all, almost all the way down, and he got his hearing back. So that's uh, one of... One of thousands of testimonies. Next picture. Uh, this is a leadership conference um, in uh, Shakapura. I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but it's somewhere in that vicinity. Um, so we got to speak to like the leadership of the church in Pakistan. Uh, next picture. And there's uh, in uh, Lahore, uh, that crowd. I mean, there was... Uh, we would show up, we'd get up there, and as soon as we grabbed the mic, demons would manifest everywhere. I mean, they would just, they would go nuts. And I, I mean, I've seen some demonic uh, stuff in my travels, but it was hardcore over there. Um, so, and uh, there's one of the hardliners. This couple in particular, um, uh, they had two daughters, and they were coming up to the altar, and the Holy Spirit was telling me I had to lay hands on the lady and the daughters. Well, in, in, in that country, that is a no-no. You do not lay hands on a lady or, you know, or you're, I mean, and over there the government's trying to be more, you know, open to people, but it's mob ruled. So, you know, so they're coming up here and the Holy Spirit's telling me this and I'm having an inner dialogue or I'm trying to argue with him. I'm like, come on, Jesus, we, this is the last one. We don't need a riot on the last one. Come on, you know. And, uh, but I've learned that, you know, be obedient, step out and risk. So I come up there and I lay my hands on the lady and the guy starts looking at me and some other guys start popping up. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, you need to make this quick. <laughs> and, uh, or you better have somebody pray for me and raise me from the dead. Because <laughs> I told my wife and kids, I'm coming home. So we prayed for the, the girls. They're both deaf and mute. Both of them got their hearing and started speaking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's me and Pastor Asher in my lovely attire. Uh, yeah, I had to sport the, uh, the dress, man dress or whatever. Uh, very comfortable, I might say. <laughs> I was like, hey, honey, check out what I got. Should I wear it? Uh, yeah, it's a whole different story. Uh, 
Yeah. So, so we, we, you know, we had a, we had a phenomenal time. It was the most intense spiritual warfare that I've ever experienced in my 15 years of travel. Uh, we got there. Uh, we had invited Robbie Dawkins to come with us. He said, yes, he's been looking for a way into Pakistan. And in both of us have been traveling for 15 years and I have not, not even had a cold, let alone any sickness, never. And I have eaten all kinds of food. I eat the fear factor type stuff. You know, I'm that guy. <laughs> I make the rest of the team go, oh, my gosh, you really going to eat that? Yeah, are you? <laughs> yeah, a little testosterone stuff going on there. Um, but we got there, and we, we were attacked with sickness. You know, we had the, you know, the juice deuce or the runs. Uh, and uh, it was bad. Didn't eat nothing for three days. But the first four days was all television studio stuff. Um, so it, it was manageable. Um, but it was intense. But the devil got his butt kicked. He got his butt kicked. You know, and I had some well-meaning Christian friends and people who were giving me wise wisdom saying, are you sure you're going to go to that country? I mean, you better have a word from the Lord. And I was like, yeah, I got a word. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John <laughs> says, go into all the world. You know, we're going to the dark places. We don't want to go where the light is. Physicians, you, find, you usually find them where there's sick people, you know? And uh, so that's our attitude. That's our mentality. Um, and what I want to share with you this morning, I, I just want to let you know, huh, uh, buckle up. Huh. The Holy Spirit, he is, I mean, I, I, I was driving here and I was just like, man, God, I can feel it already. What are you going to do? Huh. It's going to be fun. Huh. Um, but I want to talk to you about how to witness. You know, I, I had been in... Um, I've been in uh, ministry since 2005 as a vocation, and uh, last summer I went to Power and Love. That's where I met Robbie. Yeah, yeah, you were there? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's where I met Robbie and stuff. And, and during one of the sessions I was there, and the presence of God was so strong, and the, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Mike, you're a really good professional Christian. And I was like, what, Lord? What are you talking about? He said, oh, yeah, you'll move in the spirit. You'll move in my anointing when you're in a pulpit or overseas. But when you're in the grocery store, you could care less about the people around you. And I got convicted hardcore. I mean, I was on my face, snotball crying, repenting before the Lord. I got up and I said, gloves off, Lord, gloves off. Never again. You highlight them to me, I'm going to get them. And from that day on, it's been 24-7. Wherever I'm at, it's in the grocery store, post office, wherever. If I see somebody, the Holy Spirit quickens somebody. Uh, and I'm going to share some of those stories with you guys. Hey, Karen had asked me to share some of those. Um, but, you know, this is not a church thing. This is a kingdom thing. Um, you know, the church was created by the kingdom of heaven on the day of Pentecost. And our lives should center around the kingdom instead of center around church. Okay? I know that might be ruffling some theological feathers, but uh, it's okay, you know, because this church won't be here forever, but the kingdom is forever. Mm, yeah, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? You don't have to be a professional, uh, an evangelist or a pastor or anything because you're a daughter of the king and you've got all the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling within you. 
Every one of you does. And if you're thinking, oh, man, I know, but I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified, I'm not that. Let me tell you, I'm the least qualified in the world standard to be doing what I'm doing. My track record, my history, some of you know my testimony. I spent 11 years in prison. Uh, I, I, my first bank robbery was at the age of 16. I mean, I have, I'm addicted to every kind of drug. I mean, all that. So if you look at me as far as uh, pedigree, I don't have one. But the, the Holy Spirit is looking for two things. Are you willing and are you making yourself available? And if you want to see the supernatural in your life, you, that's all that's required. All right? So I want to talk to you about being a witness, what it means to be a witness and how to witness. And uh, the definition of witness is it's an attestation of a fact or event, one that gives evidence, specifically one who testifies in a cause or before a judicial tribunal, one asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify to its having taken place. One who has personal knowledge of something, something serving as evidence or proof, i.e. a sign. So that's what it means to be a witness. Um, and there's, there's basically two ways, and Jesus demonstrated how to witness, and there's basically only two, proclamation and demonstration. And Jesus always did both, but he did 30% more demonstration than he did proclamation. Matthew 24, 14, in the New King James Version, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. And uh, that same verse in the Passion Translation says, yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God... After this, the end of the age will arrive. John 5, 36, New King James. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And in the Passion Translation, but I can provide a more substantial proof of who I am that exceeds John's testimony, my miracles. These works which the Father destined for me to complete, they prove that the Father has sent me. J just to give you a recent one, we were, we were eating, we went to Roosters in Three Rivers, um, and you know we gathered with the pastor, and, this, and we're just sitting there, and there's a couple over there by the pool table, and the Holy Spirit highlighted them, and I just got up and left, and he's like, where's he going? Oh, they're just like, oh, he's going to go take care of some business. <laughs> And I went over there, and then uh, and then the next night, uh, you know, we were me and Mike Gruppen, we were like, oh man, this is we know where our after ministry ministry is going to happen. It's going to happen here. And uh, there was this waitress, um, and she, her name was Brittany. And she came up, and the Holy Spirit, man, he just he just lit me. I, I just said, you know, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, and I just started I just started reading her mail. You know, Holy Spirit started reading her mail. And she's just standing, she's looking at me like a dog at a new pan, you know. She's like, what? And, uh, and I says, you got some pain in your back? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I says, well, if you allow me, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to heal you right now, right now, right here. And she just stood there like she didn't even know what to do. And uh, finally she said, go for it. And I put my hand on her back and started praying. And, and she's going like this. And I said, do you feel that? And she goes, yeah. And then we're done. And she goes, uh, I got to get that water now. And she took off. 
And uh, then she had like the shawl thing on and she had taken it off and she's coming out of this room and she's going, and I said, hey, Brittany, come here. And, and I says, I says how are you feeling? She says, I feel like there's heat fire all over me. I said, that's the fire of God right now. It's all over you. I said, how's your back? She says, I don't feel any pain. It's totally healed. So, so we ministered to her. And the second to the last night, her and all of her kids were standing at the altar giving their hearts to Jesus. Okay? See, so... You know, you can do good deeds in the name of Jesus, and I'm not against that. That's fine. You know, you can feed people in the name of Jesus and say, you know, we're Christians, we're believers in Jesus, and do good deeds and meet people's physical needs. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but the world does it too. Tony Robbins, he's a, a motivational speaker. He has fed more people. He makes the church look like, like, like amateurs when it comes to feeding hungry people. And I've had people say, well, how about that and how about that? But you know what? When you go up and do something like that, nobody can deny. <laughs> yeah, I could have told her, you know, Jesus loves you, which is true. I could have shared the scripture with her, which is true. I could have done all that stuff. But instead of me doing good deeds in Jesus' name, I let Jesus do what he does best through me. Okay, that's what I did. I just said, Jesus, you, you, you take this. And... And if Jesus was here, if he came from America, he'd be from Missouri, the show me state. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. You know, and if you get corrected or if you feel a twinge or, you know, you get convicted during this time, that's a good thing. Because I love stirring stuff up. Because we preach a lot of stuff that we really don't believe. We really don't believe it. Oh, yeah, amen, Jesus, hallelujah. I, I, did, I did this one time. I was at a church, and I says, um, I said, how many people here believe prayer is powerful? And everybody raised their hand, of course, you know. And, um, and I said, don't raise your hand on this. How many of you spend an hour of prayer every day? And I was like, okay, there's probably about maybe some people in here. I said, how many of you spend two, three hours? And, uh, and I was like, oh, I, so that, now you know why I'm not asking you to raise your hand. <laughs> and, and I said, now what if I told you that for every hour you spent in prayer, I'd give you $10,000? I said, that would change your prayer life, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, you'd be praying because you'd see the value in it. See, we make these Christian affirmations of things that we believe, but do we really? Does our lifestyle reflect our beliefs? Uh-huh. Yeah. So being a witness is being a disciple of Jesus Christ. John 10, 25 says, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And in the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus answered them, I have told you the truth already, and you did not believe me. The proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my Father. Basically, in Mike Benson version, Jesus is like, y'all don't believe what I'm saying. Um, check out what I'm doing. You know it ain't me. It's the Father doing this through me. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then um, in Acts 4.33, and with great 
power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We cannot be a witness to the resurrection without a demonstration of resurrection power. Because we are the ones who have firsthand knowledge that the Bible is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, that the Holy Spirit is powerful, that Jesus is alive today. And if we have firsthand knowledge of this stuff, we ought to be able to demonstrate it, right? We ought to be able to demonstrate it. I know when I get up in the morning, and, and, and sometimes I'm actually nervous to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do today? Because he's going he's gonna to ask me to do stuff that's going to put me way out there way out there because it's all about risk risk giving it you know we were getting our um our visas and uh they say it's the hardest visa to get is to the islamic republic of pakistan and some of the guys in texas had already got theirs we were we were down to like a week and i'd been calling the consulate in chicago we went there handed in all our stuff Man, paperwork, all kinds of stuff, proof of, you know, we had invites and copy of people's license. I mean, it was the most craziest thing I've went through for a visa. And then I'm like, all right, we got to go down there because something, they ain't answering no calls or nothing. And I said, we're going to go down there. So on my way there, the Holy Spirit says to me, there's an employee at the consulate that I want you to pray because you're going to heal him. I'm like, come on, God, you got to be kidding me. We're talking about the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. I'm trying to let them let me in, and I put down on my paper as a tourist. And you want me to go Holy Ghost up in that place? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. And, and, and I'd like to say, I was like, yeah, all right. But I, it was a struggle. I, I had all these conflicting things. And, you know, when you start getting comfortable, that's when, mm, Mm, it's not good to be comfortable. Not good to be comfortable. So I go in there and I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, I talk to the guy and, you know, they, I sent them the paper that they needed via email, but they never checked their email. So I brought them the paper and, oh yeah, just go wait for a half hour. We'll tell you if you get approved. So I'm sitting there and there's these two guys over here. One gets up and leaves and the Holy Spirit says, that's the one. And I'm like, oh man, all right, whatever. It's your deal, not mine. All right. So I go up to him and I said, hey, how you doing? And uh, I said, my name's Mike, what's yours? He says, my name is Aziz. I says, Aziz, you're going to think this is crazy, but uh, I believe I'm here because I'm supposed to pray for you. Do you have pain in your body? He stands up and he looks at me. He says, I do. It's in my back and in my heart. I says, well, Jesus, the son of God, wants to heal you right now. If you let me pray for you, he's going to heal you. And he's looking at me and he says, yes, go ahead. So I lay my hands on his back and I start praying. And, and, you know, I look and he's standing there and he's going like this. And I said, do you feel something? He says, yes, I feel something coming all over me. And I don't know what it is, but it's good. <laughs> and I said, that's the presence of God. Jesus is showing you and demonstrating to you his desire to have a relationship with you. And he gave me a word of knowledge. I said, Aziz, you've been waiting for something for a long time, and it's very important to you, and you've been waiting for the answer, and today the answer is coming. And now when I'm saying this, in my head I'm thinking, man, you better be right, Lord. Because <laughs> I'm going to look like a fool if I'm telling him this, you know. 
I'm all, it's always in risk, risk, risk. And I said, okay, amen. And then they say, okay, you gotta, you, you've got your uh, visa, it's approved, and you got to come back at 3 o'clock, and we'll have it ready for you. And I was like, all right, I get to hang out in Chicago. So I went and ate, hung out, and I come back, and Aziz is like, come, 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 come. Come, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, what's up? He says, I, I went on my lunch break, and I ran up and down the stairs, and my back is still good. I've never felt it this good before. He's sweating and stuff, you know. I'm like, praise God. <laughs> And then, and, then, uh, and then he says, and you know, he, he explains it to me. It's a diplomatic thing. He was applying for a higher diplomatic position, which he says rarely happens. And his family encouraged him to do it, and he was kind of wavering. He said he got an email a half hour after I left giving him approval that he was going to get it. Now, now, when I told him, I said, that's because Jesus wants a relationship with you. He died for your sins. And the only way to get to heaven is through him and a relationship with him. And that's why this happened to you. Now, he was starting, well, we believe in Jesus and Allah and all that. And the Lord didn't leave me. But I tell you, I guarantee you, he knows that Jesus is real. He knows it. Because he knows I had no way of knowing any of that stuff. Now, if I would have sat on my hands because of fear because I might look like a fool or I might not get what I want, then they would have lost opportunity. And you know the old excuse, well, if God really wants it, he'll send somebody. Well, no, he wants you to do it. If he asks you, he's assigned you to people. Do you know that you are assigned to people in life? There's people in your sphere of influence right now that you're assigned to. They're not there just for kicks and grins. You're assigned to them. I could have told Aziz, hey, Jesus loves you, handed him a track and all that. I, you know, it would have been good, nothing wrong with that. But that is what being a witness is about. Letting Jesus show up and be Jesus to people. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's easy, I'm telling you. You don't have to have any. You know, I got, I got my uh, high school education from Hilltop High School, uh, Michigan Reformatory. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's my theological background education. <laughs> You know, the Pharisees noticed that the disciples were unlearned men. It doesn't matter how much education you have or how much Bible you know. It's, are you listening to his voice and doing what he says? Mm, 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 mm. Two hindrances to witnessing. Two hindrances. Number one, the way we see others. And number two, the way we see ourselves. Those are the number one hindrances to witnessing. Um, we need to treat people the way God sees them because that's how God treats us. Okay. We all have sin in our life. That's a given. As long as we're living in this flesh, we're going to have sin. But you know what? Paul says, it's not I who do this, but the sinful that dwells in my sinful nature does it. And so what the enemy's master scheme is, is to get you to believe that the things you do motivated out of the flesh is really who you are. Well, I know God says, I'm this, I'm more than a conqueror, I've got power, I can do all that, but I keep doing X and I keep doing Y. No, you don't, your flesh does. Because when you leave this flesh, you'll see yourself in your fullness. And your flesh is going to go into the ground where it belongs. So you got to learn how to separate that, you know. I call it a fit of carnality. 
you know, or when me and my wife are having intense fellowship, <laughs> aka we're fighting, <laughs> and I'm like, honey, I got to apologize. I had a real fit of carnality there. <laughs> that was my flesh speaking. It wasn't me. That's not my heart. You got to separate. The enemy loves to convince you that your actions, especially, oh, he gets you to con- convince you that when you're, when you're sinning and missing it, that that's all you. And then when you do something great for the kingdom, he gets you to say, oh, that wasn't me. That was God. No, it was you. Because Jesus and you are one. He who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him or her. Hmm. If you can't see yourself the way he sees you, you won't be able to see others that way either. Mm-hmm. Our belief about ourselves often deny his redemptive work in our lives. Because when he said it's finished, he meant it, it's finished. God does not see your sin. He doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. I remember one time I was going to go speak at this big, it was a big, huge thing. I think it was in Australia. And uh, I, had, I had messed up big time the night before. And this was like uh, four years in. And, uh, you know, I was, I was like, man, I can't. I ain't going to go out there and preach. I'm a hypocrite, man, all that. And God's like, what are you talking about? And I said, God, you know what I did last night. I mean, come on, man. I missed it big time and all this. And he says, what are you talking about? I says, come on, you see, you see what I did. Mm -mm. When I see you, I see my son. That's the only thing I see. Because I took all your sin and dealt with it at the cross. (laughs) And I was like, oh, bing, light bulb goes on. (laughs) The more we focus on something, the more we amplify it in our lives. The more you focus on your shortcomings, your misgivings, your outright sinful patterns of the flesh, the more you amplify and give them power in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can see someone as a sinner or a captive. I don't see anybody as a sinner because God doesn't see anybody as a sinner. He sees them as a captive. Somebody who's deceived. The enemy's blinded him, tricked him. He sees all of us. When Jesus died for the sins of the world, he died for the sins of the world. Our job is to get people to get a revelation of who they really are in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. He became a curse so that we could become a blessing. He became sin so we could become righteousness. You know, one of the things I hear from the Lord not as much lately, but quite frequently, is get over yourself. You know, when I've been in my whiny, wah, wah mode, y'all don't know nothing about that, right? <laughs> oh, woe is me, man, man. He says, well, get over yourself. <laughs> Seriously. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. None of that stuff. So quit listening to the wrong voice. That's not who you are. You're a daughter of the king. You are daughters of the king. It doesn't matter what your past says, what your spouse says, what your significant, what your family members say. God says you are a daughter of the king and that you have every single promise says yes and amen. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
So whatever situation, I know right now by the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of you who are in situations that seem impossible. You're like, I am never going to get out of this thing. Your breakthrough is coming this morning. It's coming this morning. Mm. Two things needed to witness. Acts 4, 29 through 30. This is in the King James Version. Now look, Lord, look now on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is in the uh, Passion Translation. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Boldness and speech are that's all you need to do to, to witness. Now, notice the, where the boldness comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Grant us, Lord, boldness. Give us boldness. The boldness I operated in that consulate, that Pakistani consulate, it was not mine. It was the Holy Spirit. I had to activate speech, and his power moved through me to confirm that what I was saying was true. That's how it works. That's how it witnesses. When you're at work or wherever, just pray, ask, give me boldness. And you know what? If you miss it, it's okay. I've missed it plenty of times. People say, well, what if you give a word and it's not right? Well, this is what I do. I say, hey, um, this one in particular guy, I walked up to him and I said, do you have pain in your body somewhere? He's like, no, I'm healthy and all that. And, and I, just, I just really sense like something's going on or something's off. And no, 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 nothing. And uh, is there anybody in your family who's got it like that? No, 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 no. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And I says, you know what? I says, my heart is to help as many people as I can and pray for them. So I, I probably missed it, but is there anything I can pray for you for? And then he told me about this situation with his job, and I ended up praying for him. He wasn't focused on, oh, you didn't get it right, you didn't do it. Only religious people focus on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm people out there in the world, they could care less about our Christianese. They could care less. Most people are overwhelmed by the fact that you would have the gall to approach them and pray for them. They're like, man, this person is the real deal because they're approaching me, a total stranger, wanting to pray for me. Oh, man, this is good. Acts 29 and 30 in the Passion Translate. Uh, did I read that one? Yeah, I read that one already. Okay. So I'm going to share a few stories with you. Um, and uh, just, just to show you different places and settings and what was going on and things. And, um, and then we're going to... And then, and then we're going to let the Holy Spirit does what he does best. I love it. Yeah. Some people are going to get free. <laughs> so the first picture, this is Keeley. Uh, this was in the Billabong store. We were having lunch at the, uh, at the Hyperdome, the mall in Brisbane, and in between school assemblies. And, and we went into the Billabong store because we were looking for a certain set of glasses. And, and we went in there, and, and she was this, this girl, and she's got all this stuff. And she had shorts on, and she had this big, huge Indian 
chief head tattoo on her leg. I mean, it was sweet. Uh, and, and it wasn't like the Holy Spirit highlight. I saw that tattoo. I said, dude, that is a cool tattoo. I went up to her. I said, where did you get that? And she's telling me about it and stuff. And uh, as we're talking, then as we're talking and, and engaging, the Holy Spirit says, she's about, she's about to lose it. She's about, I mean, she, you couldn't tell by looking at her. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I says, and I don't go off with Jesus or Holy Spirit at first. I say, because I could discern that she was a, a, a new age person by some of the stuff she had said. And, uh, you know, and so I said, I feel in my spirit like you are, you are at the verge of losing it. You had a dream and you've lost all hope because it's never going to happen. And you're putting on a good front right now, but inside you're about to crack and lose it. And she just, her whole countenance changed. She's like, oh. I says, is that right? And she says, yeah. Yeah. And I says, the reason that dream hasn't come to pass is because God put that dream in you. And in order for it to be realized, you need a relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, you can't fully know who, what that dream is because you don't even know who you are. And she was just blown away. She's standing there. And she, her, how do I do that? I said, you accept Jesus into your heart. Simple thing. The Bible says this. Then I got into the scripture. And I said, would you like to? And she said, yeah. Tears are coming down her eyes. Grabbed her hands, prayed with her, whoo, gave her heart to Jesus, told her what church to go to. Bam. Just like that. Just like that. Next one. <laughs> this is Nordstrom's. <laughs> Stephanie, my wife, um, you know, I love her. We're total opposites. I'm extroverted. She's introverted, right? And uh, whenever we're going out somewhere, she says, you tell me if you're going to do something. <laughs> you tell me. I'm like, all right, I'll let you know. <laughs> so I go in Nordstrom, and I walk by this family, and they, their daughter's not pictured. They have their daughter. And uh, I'm walking by, and I look at them, and, and I felt, I, I just had like an unction. It wasn't a word or not. I just had like an unction. And so I was like, okay. And then, uh, and then we're over there, and I'm, I'm looking at these people, and stuff's looking up at me. Are you going to? Yeah, I think so. All right, I'll be over here. <laughs> so I walk by them. I go over in their vicinity, and, and I walk up. They don't even speak English. Their daughter does. And, um, and so I didn't have a sense. I didn't have a word. I didn't know. I couldn't pin it, but I knew something. My heart was stirred. So I just start with the obvious. I just, I just asked the daughter. I says, hey, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but, you know, somebody in pain here? And... Um, She's like, yeah, my father, he, he's, got, he's got massive back pain and all this. And, and I says, could you tell him? Does he speak English? No, he doesn't. He's from Cameroon. He's a tribal leader. Now, I didn't know this. Uh, th this, is, this is where it gets good. You see how the Holy Spirit leads you in? He, I call it layering. He leads you into layers. <laughs> you know, started with an unction. So I just took a stab at it. Healing is probably the best advertisement you can do. So I says, hey, can I pray for your back? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I pray for his back. I ask him what his pain is on a scale of 1 to 10. He says it's like a 9. Then it's like a 4. And I pray for him three times, and he's totally healed. And then he says, and, his, and the wife is like, she's got a knee problem. You know, she's walking. So I pray for her. Boom. And uh, she gets healed. 
And then uh, I'm standing there looking at him, and then I get a word. And I says, you're a leader. You're somebody influential in your country. Is that true? And the daughter's over there tripping. She's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Jesus wants to do something through you and your whole area of influence. That's why he had me come to you today to heal you today because he has plans for you and your nation. And you, you were supposed to be in a higher position, but somebody did you wrong, didn't they? And they were just like, boom. I mean, they were tears and everything. And, and, uh, and then the Holy Spirit said, that's it. So I said, all right, I just want to let you know that. I don't want to tell you Jesus loves you. Peace, have a good day. Now, that, that can be hard because as an evangelist, I want to go in for the, for, you know, for the life, not the kill, the life. <laughs> I want, to get him in, I want to get him in the throne, but the Holy Spirit said, that's it. So I, okay, I'm done, bye. Sometimes that's harder because I don't want to get in the way of what he is doing in that person's life. I want to be a help instead of a hindrance. And trust me, I've missed it plenty of times on this. It gets me where people, where they mess up and they, I'm never going to do that again. But people spend hours and hours and hours practicing their golf swing you know, I don't know why anybody would even play that game. <laughs> they're out there, they're out there swinging at this ball, and then they go and play a nine or eighteen or however many holes they play, and and they shag one in the in the rough, and they're like, they're they're not like I'm never playing that again. They're back at it practicing. Everything in life to get good at takes practice. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. If the son of God had to grow in wisdom and stature, how much more do we? Yeah. All right, next one. <laughs> this was right after a leadership conference in Traverse City. And we're pulling up to the gas station. This was a time, I'm highlighting this one because this was a time where I was not feeling like doing anything for anyone. I was all the way in my flesh. I was just, oh, I, me and Steph were cool, but I was, I was just in a bad place. And I pull up, and I look at these, and these people are over there, and I'm just like, and I heard the Holy Spirit. And I was like, yeah, yeah you can bless them with somebody else. I'm not doing it. I'm going in here and getting my drink, and I'm getting out of here. And I went in there, but then he was, you know, he's the hound of heaven. <laughs> so finally, I'm, I'm standing there at the cash register. I'm like, all right, all right. What and the lady's like, what, who are you talking to? I said, it's complicated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, he, and he says, give him $100. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll give him $100, whatever. So I went over there. I, I went in there, and I told Steph, I says, is it cool? I'm going to give these people $100. She said, you're going to give them $100? Holy Spirit told me to. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I got to check, you know, with my financial advisor. So I walk up there. I says, hey, how you guys doing? And uh, I'm, the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't care about all the, you know, ease and inner layer. And I just went flat out. The Holy Spirit told me to give you $100. They flipped out. They were sitting there at the gas pump figuring out how they were going to pay for gas because they were going to visit their loved one in jail. And they felt something tell them to go to the gas station. None of them knew Jesus, knew nothing. They just felt we we're supposed to go to the gas station. And they were sitting there. And the lady starts crying, the mom, the guy. There's a bunch of kids in the back. And, 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 and then I started witnessing to them. And the next thing you know, they all get born again and give their hearts to Jesus Christ. 
my attitude was thoroughly adjusted after that. I went from zero to hero real quick. Next slide. Oh, this is Carl. Uh, now, some of you may think this is really crazy, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I was going to, uh, me and a pastor, we have lunch. He's, he's a mentor of mine, and we meet halfway. So we were, I was going to Stanton and to meet him for lunch. And if anybody who knows me, uh, 20 minutes early is on time for me. I'm a stickler for time, you know, and um, I hate being late. And I'm looking at the GPS, and I got everything. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get there with just enough time. I'm going to get there right at noon. It's going to be cool. Nice sunny day. I'm driving. This guy's in his yard. He's loading, like, siding into his truck. And the Holy Spirit says, he is in pain. Pray for him. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I drove a little further than I should have. But then I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. And I turned around. Pulled up in the driveway, and I says, hey, you're going to think I'm crazy. But when I was driving by, the Holy Spirit told me you were in a lot of pain. Hey, I had fiber, fibromyalgia. So I asked him where his pain was. And he says, I usually start out with an 8, but doing this, it's like at a 10, I can hardly move. So I, I, uh, I told him, I said, Jesus will heal you right now. And uh, I laid my hands on him, and the look on that guy's face, it went from all like that to, he let out this big sigh. He said, all my pain, all my pain is gone. I haven't felt this way in years. And he's just crying and crying, and and I'm talking to him, and, and I led him to Jesus. It was the easiest thing in the world to lead that man to Jesus. I didn't care about time at that time. I got in. Guess what time I showed up for lunch? Right at noon. I remember getting out of the car going, oh, my gosh, no. No. I checked my phone. I looked at my GPS. I says, no way. I spent at least 15 minutes with him. God's cool, isn't he? I'm always reading the scripture, like the translation stuff. I'm like, that's possible. I want to experience that, God. It'd be a lot better than flying on a cigar tube for 20 hours. You know, can you just beam me over there, Jesus? <laughs> Next slide. One more. <laughs> oh, this is in Jenison, um, these two ladies. So I'm driving my doctor's office at the time. I'm driving by my doctor's office, and the Lord says, I want you to go in there because somebody needs healing. I'm like, I didn't say it, but I was thinking it, duh. <laughs> what, you want to clear out the whole place? <laughs> I mean, you could have picked somebody else's doctor's office except for mine. They've known me for years. I'm going to go in there, yeah, somebody in there. And it was another thing where I was, I, I, mean, I, I was scared, man. I, I'm not going to be, I'm, I was scared. I, I was not wanting to. But then I was just like, all right, I signed up for this. I told him that, I, I, that the gloves were off. I told them the gloves were off, and I meant it. So I flipped it around, and then there's these two ladies are at the edge of the parking lot, and he says, that's the ones. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I was happy. Then I walked up there, and long story short, this woman could not get medication for her pain. And so 
I ended up witnessing and I prayed and she got healed. And, and, and then I started speaking. I don't even remember, but I spoke to some deep heart issues and they ended up both giving their lives to Jesus right there in the parking lot. Yeah. God hates it when his kids are in pain. Okay. So he starts with the outward, the physical, and then it's a door to move into the inner, inner pain. And a lot of pain that we experience in our bodies comes from the pain in our hearts. It does. And this morning when I was preparing to come here, the Lord spoke to me and said that there are several ladies here who are ravaged by depression. It's been sucking the joy and the life out of you. It is diabolical. It is a spirit of oppression. It goes beyond just having a bad day. It's something that you've been roller coastering for a long time. There's several of you in here, several, right now. I know it prophetically. Today, you're going to get free from that. You're going to be free, totally free. But it's going to take risk. It's going to take risk. You may have been putting on a good front and showing everybody you're happy-go-lucky or, or who, who are these ladies going to think about me if I, if I share this or I'm a this or I'm a that. You need to forget all about that stuff. You need to forget about that because Jesus wants to set you free permanently today, right now, right now.